Chapter Fourteen of On the Trail of the Space Pirates. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. On the Trail of the Space Pirates by Carey Rockwell. Chapter Fourteen. All right, line up, you space crawlers, bald coxine. When I call your name, step up to get your share of the haul. The pirate captain was seated at the head of a long mess table, an open ledger in front of him. There were stacks of crisp new credit notes at his elbow. He took out his parallel ray pistols and placed them within easy reach. On either side of him, Wallace and Sims sat, staring at the money with greedy eyes. Coxine looked at the first name on the ledger. Joe Brooks, he called. One thousand credits for spotting the liner. Brooks grinned and amid cheers walked to the table. Coxine handed him a small stack of notes carelessly and turned back to the ledger. Gilatardi, he roared, one thousand credits for working on the boarding crew. Atardi, a sly, scar-faced man, stepped forward to accept his share. He carried a long, thin knife with an edge so deadly keen that he could and often did shave with it. Coxine continued his roll call. Sam Bates, five hundred credits, straight share. Bates stepped forward and glared at Coxine. "'How come I only get five hundred and the others get a thousand? he snarled. "'It ain't my fault I'm stuck on the power deck while you grab all the glory jobs.' The laughing, excited crowd of men grew silent as the rebellious spaceman faced Coxine. "'You get five hundred credits,' snarled Coxine. "'Take it or leave it.' "'I want the same as Brooks and Atardi,' demanded Bates.' Quicker than the eye could follow, Coxine rose and smashed the man in the face with a giant fist. Bates dropped to the deck like a stone. Coxine glared at the rest of the crew. The next crawler that thinks he's not getting his fair share, he snarled, will get a trip in space for his share. He glanced down at the unconscious man and jerked his thumb toward the hatch. Get him out of here. Two men dragged the unconscious man away and threw a bucket of cold water on him. He woke up, snatched at his share of the credits, and disappeared from the room. The pirate captain continued reading the list of names arbitrarily, handing out various amounts of the stolen money as he saw fit. Standing in the rear of the mess room, hidden by the other members of the crew, Tom realised that to step in plain sight of Wallace and Sims for his share would mean instant betrayal. He had to make his move now, and with most of the crew mustered together in the mess room, it was his one chance for success. Gripping the stolen parallel ray gun in his jacket pocket, he slipped out of the mess room unnoticed and headed for the radar bridge. As he raced up the companionway, he could hear the laughter of the men below decks as one by one they received their shares. His name would be called soon. Heart pounding, he stopped outside the radar hatch, pulled the parallel ray gun from his jacket and taking a deep breath, opened the hatch. Joe Brooks was seated in front of the scanner, counting his share greedily and glancing occasionally at the finger of light that swept across the green globe. When Tom opened the hatch, he looked up and smiled. "'Hiya, kid,' he said. "'Coxine's all right. I got a thousand just for picking up that ship on the radar. How much did you collect?' "'This,' said Tom. He shoved the parallel ray gun into Brooks's stomach. The man gulped and finally found his voice. "'Say, what is this, a gag? Where did you get that parallel ray?' Then suddenly he shoved the bundle of notes in his pocket. "'Oh, no, you don't. You're not going to steal my share.' 
i don't want your money said tom coldly get into that locker and keep your mouth shut or i'll blast you locker say what's the matter with you you've gone space happy get in there growled tom with a look on the cadet's face brooks rose quickly and stepped into the locker tom slammed the door and locked it then locking the passageway hatch he turned to the radar scanner Working quickly, with deft hands, he opened the casing around the delicate instrument and began disconnecting the major terminals. Studying the complicated tangle of connections, he wished that he had as much knowledge of radar as Roger. He finally found the wires he wanted and separated them from the other connections. He began replacing them, altering the terminals. After checking his work to make sure it would not short-circuit, he grabbed the intercom and began taking it apart. Sweat beaded his forehead, Time was short. Soon, Coxine would miss him and come looking for him. He had to complete his job before that happened. After moments that seemed like hours, he was ready. Using one of the intercom relays, he began tapping out a message in Morph's code on an exposed wire from the scanner. He looked at the radar scanner and watched it flash white static lines each time he touched the wires. Carefully, he tapped out a message. Emergency. Attention. Corbett, Space Cadet, Aboard, Coxine, Pirate, Ship, Space Quadrant, B, Section, Twenty, Three. Over and over he repeated the desperate message, hoping against hope that someone would be scanning space and the interference would show up on their radar. Emergency, Attention, Corbett, Space Cadet. Captain Strong, Roger's voice came shrieking over the ship's intercom. Captain, quick, I'm picking up a message from Tom. What? cried the Solar Guard officer. Nail it, I'm coming up. Scrambling up the ladder to the radar bridge from the control deck, Captain Strong rushed over to the scanner and watched eagerly as blinking flashes washed out the background of the screen. Slowly, at times unevenly, the message flashed, and the two spacemen read it with gladdening hearts. Strong made a careful note of the position, while Roger continued to read the flashes. Turning to the astrogation panel, the Solar Guard captain quickly plotted a course that would bring them to Tom's position. Endlessly, during the past few days, Strong, Roger and Astro had swept space in a wide arc around the asteroid belt, hoping to pick up just such a signal. Now with the position of the Avenger in his hands, Strong grabbed for the intercom. Attention, power deck, yelled Strong. We've just picked up a message from Tom. He's given us his position, so stand by for a course change. Yeah, roared Astro. I knew he'd do it. He's not in the clear yet. We've only got his position. We don't know how we're going to get him away from Coxine yet. Ready to change course, sir, said Astro. Three degrees on the down plane of the elliptic and 54 degrees to starboard. Full space speed, Astro, pile it on. Aye, aye, sir, replied Astro. I'll make this wagon's tail so hot it'll blast at double speed. You'd better, you Venusian ape, cried Roger. It's the least you can do for Tom. Stow it, Manning, growled Astro good-naturedly, or I'll stick some of your hot air in the jets for extra power. Cut the chatter, both of you, snapped Strong. Astro, execute course change. Astro's reply was a blast on the steering rockets. On the control deck, Strong watched the needle of the astral compass swing around and stop dead on the course he had ordered. All, said Astro, shouted Strong, right on course. Now pile on the neutrons. Aye, aye, sir. On the power deck, the big cadet turned to his control panel. 
took a deep breath and opened the reactant feeders wide the ship leaked through the airless void under the sudden burst of power and astro watched the acceleration indicator climb to the danger line he gulped as the needle passed the danger point and was about to cut down speed when the needle stopped astro breathed easily and settled back satisfied if it was up to him they would reach tom in record time up on the radar deck roger continued to read the flashing signals on the radar scanner over and over he read the same message i guess that's all he can say sir said roger turning to strong yes i guess so roger agreed strong he's probably sending it out blind on an open circuit hoping that anyone near enough would pick it up wonder how he did it roger thought for a moment i'm not sure sir but i think he's crossed the impulse on the scanner from positive to negative how do you mean asked strong the young captain was well acquainted with the principle of radar but admittedly could not match roger's natural ability by making the impulse negative sir said roger he could create interference on the scanner instead of bouncing against something and returning an image to a scanner the impulse hits itself and creates static which shows up in the form of those white flashes well in any case said strong with a sober nod toward the scanner he's done something the whole solar guard couldn't do he's quite a boy roger smiled i'll say he is skipper strong turned away and climbed down to the control deck he sat in front of the great control panel and watched the countless dials and needles but his mind wasn't on the delicate handling of the great ship he was thinking about tom alone aboard a ship with a crew of desperate criminals tom had taken his life in his hands to send out the message that much strong was sure of and the young skipper noted with pride that there was no appeal for help in the desperate call he shook his head wearily and flipped the teleceiver switch to report to commander walters emergency attention tom continued to tap out the message slowly and carefully behind him he could hear brooks hammering against the locker door tom felt like opening the door and freezing the pirate with his parallel ray gun to keep him quiet but he didn't dare to stop sending finally tom decided it was time to go if anyone's going to pick up the message he thought they've picked it up by now i may still have time to get away in a jet boat he tied the wires together causing a continuous interference to be sent out and secured the radar casing if i'm lucky enough to get away in a jet boat thought tom at least they won't be able to pick me up on that without a glance at the locker where brooks continued to pound and yell tom turned to the hatch leading to the passageway he gripped the parallel ray gun and opened the hatch peering into the passageway and finding it deserted he slipped out and closed the hatch behind him from below he could hear the roar of the crew as the last of them received his share of the stolen credits tom raced down the companionway toward the jet boat deck he made the first deck safely and was about to climb down to the next when he was spotted by atardi the scar-faced spaceman who stood at the bottom of the ladder hey kid atardi shouted the skipper's been looking for you you got the biggest cut three thousand credits for that fancy shooting you did tom noticed the gleam of the knife at the man's side the young cadet could imagine the criminal sinking the knife in his back without hesitation if he suspected anything well demanded atardi are you going to collect or not the skipper sent me to look for you tom smiled and while still smiling whipped the parallel ray gun into sight and fired his aim was true atardi froze every nerve in his body paralyzed he could still breathe and his heart continued to beat but otherwise he was a living statue unable to even blink his eyes tom jumped past the spaceman and dashed for the jet boat deck 
he had to hurry now a tardy would be discovered any moment and be neutralized when neutralized the victim returned to normal with only violent muscle soreness remaining tom reached the jet boat deck opened the hatch and raced for the nearest small craft suddenly from behind he could hear the buzz of a parallel ray on neutralizing charge a tardy had been discovered tom jumped into the nearest jet boat closed the hatch and pressed the button releasing the sliding side of the ship's hull slowly the great wall of metal slid back exposing the cold black velvet of deep space as soon as the opening was wide enough tom pressed the acceleration lever and the small ship shot out its jets roaring tom quickly glanced around to locate his position by the stars and saw that he was close to the asteroid belt he opened up to full acceleration and since there was nothing else to do but wait for time to pass and hope for escape he began to examine the contents of the small ship he opened the emergency food locker and was relieved to see it fully stocked with synthetics and water every second carried him farther away from the avenger and when he looked back tom saw no evidence of pursuit the cadet smiled they would depend on the radar to find him instead of sending out the other jet boats tom almost laughed out loud with the radar jammed he was safe he would make it once inside the asteroids they would never find him glancing round the few indicators on the control board of the small vessel tom's smile changed to a grimace of sudden terror the jet boat had not been refueled after their raid on the jet liner there was less than three days oxygen remaining in the tanks in three days the jet boat would become an airless shell a vacuum no different than the cold silent void of space End of chapter 14